Welcome to Because It's Tile, a podcast to help you understand the tile industry market in North America and the threats, trends, and opportunities within the marketplace. Listen as Rick Church, Executive Director of the Ceramic Tile Distributors Association, interviews tile industry leaders and creative professionals. And now, here's your host, Rick Church. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Church. Welcome to the Because It's Tile podcast. And I'm here today with a special guest, the CEO of the Network for Business Innovation and an NAW Institute for Distribution Excellence fellow, Mr. Mark Dancer. Mark, how are you? I'm great, Rick. Thanks for having me today. Well, it's it's a pleasure to have you. And I know my audience is going to really enjoy this conversation because every time I talk to you, I learn so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, I learn from uh, conversations, too. So I'm very happy to be here and share my ideas and anything I can offer that's of value. Thanks a lot, Mark. So why don't we start off by I told our audience what your titles are, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? What, what's your business background and what have you done in the past that's kind of led you to what you're doing now? So I'm a, a recovering consultant. <laughs> when I was an active consultant, I did uh, growth strategies for distributors and manufacturers. Um, they were pretty much focused on channels and go-to-market strategy. But if that was your issue and you wanted to grow, I could help you with that. I don't do that anymore because I found that all of the rules that I learned over about 20 or 30 years, they, they're not out the window. But with all of the digital things that are happening, plus you know social changes and how the next generation wants to buy and many other things, you know, just doing a go-to-market strategy doesn't really get after the big opportunities that customers can pursue. So today, I'm about how to help B2B businesses, the existing businesses, innovate their business models, you know, do business differently in smaller, large ways. Um, and the other thing I'm about is thinking about the future of B2B as a system, right? So, you know, the traditional value chain of manufacturers selling to distributors selling to their customers is a control system. It's a framework for how things work, but it's really outdated, right? Because there are now distributors and manufacturers who are rethinking their business models. But there's also platforms and digital startups and vendors doing new things and data aggregators. So I'm, I'm, I'm about how to innovate your own business model and about how everybody's business model is going to work together in a new system for organizing B2B efforts. So that's really cool and, and really exciting. And uh, one of the things that I think a lot about as the executive director for the Ceramic Tile Distributors Association is that a, a lot of distributors kind of tend to get bogged down in the day-to-day challenges that they have going on in their business. And so they're, they're sort of running their business and not taking time to think about the future of their business and what could they be doing to make sure their business is, is successful, you know, three years from now or five years from now. And that sounds a lot like some of the things you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's really hard for a, a business leader, any business leader, to think about the future of their business while they're running their business. It's a time issue, but it's also just a mindset issue, right? It's hard to walk away from the day-to-day. So I, I have kind of a couple recommendations I, I give for that, right? Uh, one is to, you know, every distributor, all of your members have, have employees that are, you know, of the next generation, right? And they may be, uh, may be senior in your organization or maybe not, but finding a way to give those folks uh, a charter, a task, you know, to something to read and think about 
and then ask them what they mean, you know, have lunch meetings is a great way to start thinking about the future because they think differently. It's really true than, than we do. Another thing that's happening is that many um, associations are starting to put together cohorts and cohorts is kind of a trendy term. It really means work, working groups. But, but to me, what a cohort is, it's a small number of people, because if you have a small number of people, they will all contribute. Everybody does contribute. It's not a education or consulting kind of engagement. Uh, and they start with a very specific task, you know, which might be how to do something differently on your website, how to use CRM, how to use social media, how to think about, you know, helping customers innovate their business. Uh, and then they add, you know, an expert, uh, a thought leader, a vendor, um, and they just work on it for three or four weeks over their lunch hours. It can be bigger than that. Right. But if you do enough of these things and the industry association kind of leads them, you get some collected knowledge. Right. So that's a thing that business leader can do. And then the last thing is I'm a big fan of podcasts. And I know, Rick, you have them. Uh, for for your members, through your associations. But I, I listen to, I have a list of, you know, probably 10 or 20 podcasts that I listen to uh, when I'm driving, right? And some of them are pretty close to B2B and distribution, and some of them are over the horizon. But I just am intentional about what I listen to while I'm driving so I can, you know, multitask. Those are some really interesting suggestions on things that distributors can do to sort of not get bogged down in the day-to-day -day and think about the future. Um, you probably spend a lot of time thinking about the future. And I know you're talking to distributors in a variety of different industries regularly. What do you think the successful distributor will be really focused on three to five years from now? Yeah, it's, it's um, and I, I, I'm over the horizon in, in, the, in the work that I do, right? So I usually don't give advice about, you know, what you should be doing on your website or with your CRM tool today. So your question is perfect for me. When I ask distributors those questions and their customers and their suppliers, um, you know, one of the things I hear is that if you're thinking digital transformation, a, a website is not enough, right? As hard as that is to get a, you know, fully functional modern website up, it's, you know, websites are really about the transaction. It's about finding, buying and getting stuff, right? But the real value of any B2B company, a distributor is much provide much more value than that, right? So in the future, it's going to be things like managing a portfolio of customer experiences, kind of like distributors manage, you know, their, their warehouse full of brands and products today, right? So if you have a line card of brands and products and you know what they are and you know the economics associated with them, you know how to support them, how to answer questions around them, you know all that, Distributors are going to have a list or a line card of customer experiences, right? And it's going to be things like, you know, inventory management or self-service or workflow or, or helping your customers with their marketing programs, helping your customers innovate in their business model, helping them work with their vendors. The list can be kind of can be very expansive because distributors are really innovating about what those customer experiences are. But they're going to manage it like a portfolio, like a business, right? And they'll, they'll have the economics associated with them. They'll know they'll have best practices for them. They'll have roles and responsibilities for them. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's kind of the future. Now, the reason that's happening is because, well, one, distributors are building, you know, confidence now around thinking about customer experiences um, and they're becoming digitally confident, right? I did a 
some work for NAW and wrote a newsletter at the start of the year called Distribution Lanes In. And it, was, it wasn't what, about what distributors did for their own business during the pandemic. It was what they did for their customers. And I found that d- distributors that were digitally confident or confident in their culture, confident um, in their way that they can create new values for customers, they just stepped into the void during the p- pandemic and helped customers because customers needed that help because they were shut down. All that's going to carry forward. So a website is not enough. Distributors are going to be customer experience companies in a very big way in about five years or less. So, Mark, I love the the concept of, hey, websites are transactional. That that doesn't make you digitally transformational. And that's not that's not going to differentiate you as a business. Yeah. Everybody's got a website. Right. So I love that concept. But I'm a simple guy and I need you to kind of dumb down a little bit something for me that you just went over. If I'm a distributor of ceramic tile and stone products, how can I, what are some of the things I can do to actually deliver those customer experiences you're talking about? Yeah. Three to five years from now is going to make me survive, right? Otherwise, manufacturers are selling direct to my customers and, um, you know, all sorts of competition is competing with me successfully so this is an area where, as a distributor, I can really differentiate. Help me help our audience understand that. So I'm going to dig into uh, two or three of the things that I learned, that I talked to distributors about in that publication I mentioned, Distribution Leans In, right? So one is self-service, right? It was needed during the pandemic, right? But customers, you know, just as they want to buy online, they want to, be, they want to have self-service options in how they deal with distributors going forward. So some of this has to do with, you know, getting the ceramic tile that they need, right? And things that are happening right now around that are things like, you know, outside on a distributor's location, putting up, you know, sometimes it's a chain link fence with a digital lock and a code that customers can come to any hour of the day and pick up their the products that they want, large orders or small orders. Some businesses are using a smart lockers like you would find at your grocery store or at Home Depot, right? And those smart lockers, you know, vendors provide them and they come with, you know, um, um, data connectivity, right? So you can manage them remotely. You can offer them to your customers, right? So those are just two ideas for self-service. But if you decided that you wanted to be, you know, kind of positioned on self-service as an important customer experience, you can start on those today and get, you know, more and more robust over time, right? Two other things really quickly. One, uh, workflow, right? I've talked to distributors that are talking to their customers about what are the the top processes that they use to manage their business Does the customer have an app for that or software for that? And can the distributor connect with them using APIs? This will sound like rocket science, but it's not. If you get a tech person all, then they help you do it. But the idea is that if your customers are using, you know, software to schedule their work, to manage their projects, to, you know, get the material on site, you can connect with their business systems and then you become an expert in their workflow and optimizing optimizing their workflow, right? A, a third example is helping customers with their own digital marketing campaigns and their own uh, use of Salesforce 
tools, you know, CRM and things like that. If you have expertise in that, if you're starting to, even if you're starting to use them uh, and you're not really experts at them, I recommend that you create a meeting with some of your best customers. You bring the vendor, the platform that you're using with you, and you talk about how the customer could use social media, digital marketing, old things like email campaigns, CRM tools, you know, configurators, whatever it is, and kind of help the customers use that in their business. So those are kind of, I think they're down to earth examples. Rick, did I answer your question? For sure. I love, I love all three of the examples and, and, you know, some distributors may be able to, to take advantage of all three of those and many others, but, but some other distributors might really just have some niche part of their business. And so if, if service is is your you know niche, uh, you know taking that the smart lockers or whatever, allowing your um, customers to access the product when they want it, yeah, um, is a is a really cool idea. And as we all know, at least from industries that I work with, anytime a supplier can help its customer market its customer <laughs> yeah. to its customers, yeah. then then you're providing real value, right? So that's that's great. I love yeah. those ideas. And here's a test. When I meet a new distributor for the first time, I usually ask them to describe their business to me. And still, like 90% of the time, they very quickly go to the, the products they carry and the brands they represent, right? That's important. But what I usually say is, okay, that's fine. I understand that. But let's talk new school. Tell me about the three most custom, most important customer experiences that you provide to your customers, the things you do with your customers, you know, and then and talk to me about them like, the products you carry, right? And that usually gets the executives to the owners to start thinking differently about their business, right? You should lead with that, not with your line card. I love that concept. And um, and one of the reasons I love that concept is no matter what industry you're in, if you're a distributor, your product has an opportunity to be commoditized, right? And, and you're going to be competing with many other types of businesses selling that product. So offering the product and having it available is no longer the important part of a distributor's business. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Here, and I can add one more, one more to this kind of pile on a little bit. If, you know, if you read this sort of thing about, you know, modern marketing and that sort of thing, there's the term CX and UX, customer experience and user experience. For distribution, I like to talk about user experience as the experience you're creating for the products of your suppliers. So think about wherever you get that ceramic tile, you know, as you are providing that tile, you know, as a branded product by your suppliers, you know, what user experience are you creating for that supplier? Right. So the customer experience is what you do for customers associated with your brand. The user experience is what you do for your customers associated with your supplier's brand. Right. And you should be able to talk to your suppliers about that. I mean, years ago, when I first started talking to distributors, they would talk to their suppliers about how much inventory they were carrying and what their how fast they could deliver it and what the what their accuracy of those orders were. And you know, how far they, how fast they process claims by customers, those sort of things. That's a very back-end view of the business. If you can describe the experience you create for your supplier's products with your customers, right? Now you're starting a more strategic conversation with your suppliers. You can position yourself differently with them 
and you're making that transition to being a front-end business, not a a warehouse-driven business. Great point. I love that point of view. Thanks, Mark, for sharing. Um, let's switch gears a little bit here now. Um, something that's kind of a big deal in a lot of distribution industries, certainly in the ceramic tile and stone industry, is consolidation. Yeah. Right? And it's been occurring. It's kind of continuing to occur, at least in the ceramic tile industry. Do you feel like distributors need to get bigger in order to compete? Is consolidation a necessity for a distributor to be successful three to five years from now? You know, it's, it's such, a, it's such a, uh, a powerful and interesting question. I mean, it really is. I mean, I think that consolidation is, it's going to continue, right? There, it will always be there for distribution because there's advantage in scale, right? And if you want to pursue innovations in your business model, Right. You can pursue those in a way, you know, that's associated with the scale of your business. Right. So as you get bigger, you can invest in more digital marketing capabilities. You can have an innovation team that's more standalone. You know, uh, you can get your supplier's attention for the innovations you want to pursue. So scale is going to be there. And 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 there will be a scale version version of innovation. But I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's necessary. And I, I think it is necessary. It will happen. I don't think it's sufficient. I think that that's especially kind of mid independent distributors, you know, the ones that people that want to sell you things, you know, they might call you an SMB, a small and medium business, right? Not the scale-driven distributors. I think that they need to think about innovation from a freedom perspective. And, you know, they don't have the constraints of an organization that's looking for capital to get big and then running themselves a big organization. And I think, I think there's a lot of work to be done here, right? You know, how does an independent distributor who doesn't want to compete on scale, what's their innovation model? There's not very much out there on that. One thing I've done is, is that I have taken, I, I listen to a lot of the podcasts I listen to are in the venture community and the, in the angel community. And I've kind of identified a four-step process that digital startups use. And I'm going to run through them very quickly here now. But I think that, that mid-sized distributors and smaller distributors can maybe use this process as a thinking exercise, right? So it starts with, you know, pull together a couple of founders. That's the first step. And a founder is somebody who knows the industry and has a passion for change. That's step one. Step two is to create a community, to go out and get some customers that are interested in working with you to define what your product is, what you are as a business, you know, bring them into your fold. The next step is to think about your business perhaps as a di entirely as a digital product, right? If you're in a, if as a small business, small to smaller distributor, not a scale-driven distributor, if you were to create a single interface for working with your customers, what would that look like? You know, it's not just about ordering, it's probably about relationships and other facilitating their workflow and things like that. And then the next two steps are things like, well, if you, if you get that far, go find an angel, you know, go to one of the, you can find them, go find an angel investor and pitch it like you were a digital startup. I mean, really go and pitch it to them, see what they think, right? And if, I think if there's some other things to it, but I think that that is one example of a thought process that not distributors who don't want to go for scale can create an innovation process that's designed to achieve competitive advantage without pursuing scale. 
Mm-hmm. That's just one example. I think there's more work to be done. Yeah, no, really, really interesting. Mark, um, you know, I think having a discussion with you, we've talked about this before, but, you know, I, I like to talk with you once a quarter or so because it really helps me to think about things in a different way. And having conversations like that is really important for distributors. If you're the leader of a distribution company and, and the ceramic tile guys are all really independent, small and yes. medium-sized businesses, you know, it's it's really important that they're thinking, they're having conversations with people that cause them to think differently and think in a different way than they are on a day-to-day basis so that they can be around in five years to be to continue to be successful businesses. Yeah. I mean, in a lot, almost every other industry, some of the best ideas start at the small and medium businesses. Distribution doesn't think that way, right? And because we don't have that mindset, our small and medium businesses are not incubators for ideas that become the big idea for the industry. We kind of right. think that has to happen by the big guys. Right. And then we we try to follow as best we can. It's a mind shift issue. Right. But I, right. they're great business people. Right. There's no reason they can't come up with the next big idea for the industry. So one of the things that um, I think our independent distributors could really benefit from, besides, you know, a quarterly conversation with Mark Dancer is um, maybe a a weekly kind of blurb that they can they can see that gets them to think differently about something. And you've got that going on right now, right? You have a weekly newsletter that you're producing? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've stopped being a consultant and I, I now say I'm an author. It's it's you know it's actually you know more interesting and sexier way to introduce myself to people that don't know me. <laughs> but I've totally changed my business model. What I do every week is I listen to the podcasts that I mentioned and I network and I talk to distributors and manufacturers. I talk to a ton of very early stage digital startups. And then I pick a topic and I usually start with a concept that is a little bit over the horizon. You know, it isn't specifically about distribution and maybe even not about business, but I I can see how it might apply um, in a distribution context, in a B2B context. And so I write uh, a newsletter edition once a week. I usually publish on Tuesday and it's a think piece, right? I try, I'm tra- instead of instead of doing research for six months and then writing a book, I'm doing the research every day and writing uh, a newsletter for B2B, people that want to innovate distribution and want to innovate B2B. That's what I do every day. So if I'm a distributor and I'm listening to this podcast, and um, how might I access this newsletter? Uh, just go to your your internet search bar, your Google bar, and type in markdancer.substack.com, um, and it'll pop up. And if it doesn't, just search on Mark Dancer on Innovating B2B, um, and that's the name of my newsletter, and it'll pop up. Very cool. And it's a subscription kind of newsletter? Can they... Yeah, Substack is a disruptive platform for the journalism industry. It's a turnkey solution. So, uh, what what I I like being associated with that, and they offer sort of ways to you know the languages to monetize your newsletters. It's turnkey. It's part of the program. So, what I offer is um, the the easiest, right? The least expensive. And so, uh, I publish every week. If you if you subscribe to the free edition. You get uh, one uh, newsletter per month. Um, if you subscribe to the paid version, which is five dollars a month, it's a cup of coffee a month, 
or $50 a year, you get everything, right? It's, it's all of my newsletters uh, once a week. And I'm very close to starting to add on Substack, you can also host uh, live and, you know, recorded interviews, podcast-like interviews. So I'm getting very close to adding those and those will be available sometimes for free and sometimes for the subscription also. Very cool. So markdancer.substack.com is how you could access this newsletter. Correct. Correct. Thanks very much. Mark, um, I've really enjoyed our conversation as I always do. Uh, I wonder, is there anything, is there any kind of message that you'd want to leave our audience with the independent distributors of ceramic tile and stone? Um, I think uh, be bold <laughs> is is what I what I would say. I, I think that you know, your question at the start about how to create time to think differently about your business is is hard, um, but I think it's it's so so necessary, right? I found that there's a ton of of B two B startup platform businesses. Some will be marketplaces, some will be something else. And they they want to do it in B2B because B2C is kind of taken, right? Uh, but but they've figured out that B2B is hard and they have to do it collaboratively, right? And they have tons of ideas on how they can leverage technologies and platform business models to make B2B better. Um, and just so if if for no other reason to kind of carve out time and think about your your business and work in cohorts, you'll be in a much better position to talk to those folks and kind of create partners out of them for your strategic advantage if you're putting in the time to think about your business. You don't have to know technology as, as well as they do, but you have to have a view on what the future of ceramic tile is like to really engage those kind of startup businesses that want to work with you. Back in the day, we used to call that working, taking time to work on your business, not just in your business. Yeah. 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 You know, the and I think industry association meetings, the once a year meeting used to be a place to do that. Right. But everything you're talking about, uh, Rick, about kind of having those conversations all the time, it's so essential, right? We we can't wait just once a year to talk about the big issues. We have to be talking about them all the time. I agree with you there. And um, it's interesting that you say it that way. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to plug CTDA because CTDA agrees with you. You can't just do this once a year. So we do things like we have biweekly member meetups digitally where we talk about one to- one topic. What's, you know, what's keeping you up at night? Those kinds of discussions. Or what's the future of distribution in this industry hold? And uh, it's really important for our members to get some value. So thanks, Mark. Well, you know, I, I, for my newsletter, I take requests. So if in those meetings you come up with a topic that you think might be in my wheelhouse and you want me to do a bit of research on it and write up a point of view on it, I'd be happy to do that. Very cool. We may, we may just do that. Um, thanks again, Mark, for being my guest today. And you've been listening to the CTDA Because It's Tile podcast. You've just listened to an episode of Because It's Tile podcast. Make sure to catch the next episode. Hit subscribe now. Visit ctdahome.org for more information, training materials, and education on the ceramic tile industry. Thank you for listening.